Welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, your groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm Julie Kin, and today we're doing the last ep in the proper Scooby-Doo Where Are You revival, The Creepy Creature of Vulture's Claw. This episode starts out with a cool series of peninsulas that, when you look at them from above, look like a claw. It's late at night at the Vulture's Claw Botanical Gardens, and we see some sort of postal carrier or UPS guy knocking on the door of a huge Elizabethan purple-roofed mansion. He's delivering a package for Professor Greer. All of a sudden, a seven-foot-tall praying mantis creature appears and sort of attacks the postman if you consider standing there growling while being a mantis attacking. But anyway, the poor postal carrier is freaked out and runs to his truck and tries to speed off. Unfortunately, he leaves the package without getting a signature. Unprofessional, and he's so nervous he has trouble starting his truck. It actually really kind of feels like a horror movie there for a second. It's awesome. But eventually he gets away. Meanwhile, we see the gang in the mystery machine. They're going to go visit Velma's friend, Professor Greer, at the Botanical Gardens, where he does his research. Shaggy and Scooby are not excited by the name The Vulture's Claw. And on the way there, they get in a near accident with the fleeing postman because he is driving really recklessly. Fred cleverly swerves out of the way, but Scooby ends up flying out the window and getting wrapped around a tree and gets in a fight with a woodpecker. Finally, they arrive at the front gate of Vulture Claw Botanical Garden, and it looks like it's creepy and in terrible shape. They encounter an intimidating man who accuses them all of trespassing. How presumptive, just because they're teenagers and a dog and a van in the middle of the night? Velma tries to play nice. She tells the man they're here as friends of Professor Greer. By the way, this dude is wearing all brown, and it does nothing for him. He introduces himself as Harry Keeble, the caretaker of the gardens. He warns them to leave and to take Professor Greer with them, warning them about something big and evil running loose in the gardens. And then he makes a suspicious exit, leaving Velma very worried. Shaggy and Scooby, meanwhile, faint from fear. I've said my narcolepsy theory before, right? I should have mentioned that more in our last episode about make a beeline away from that feline, but I was too busy on my soapbox about nightmares. I guess only one disorder per episode. The kids give themselves a little tour through the gardens looking for Professor Greer. Scooby and Shaggy wander off because Scooby wants to pick flowers for Shaggy, but the growl of the mantis makes the flowers wilt. Then they see the mantis from behind the bush where they are, and Scooby distracts him by giving him the posy he was trying to give to Shaggy. The mantis is not impressed with the little bouquet, and he, like, blows on them really big. Gesundheit, shouts Scooby as they run away. They flee and run into Fred and the girls and tell them about the mantis. Meanwhile, Professor Greer arrives and he says, yep, that's a mantis, all right. There is indeed a creature in the garden. Professor Greer takes the gang into his mansion. Scooby actually carries them all in and explains that the mantis creature has been scaring everyone else away for a couple of weeks now. Professor Greer shows them something really super-duper freaky strange. It's a laboratory he found hidden in his mansion, down this, like, twisty-turny stone staircase. Someday I hope to find a hidden craft room in my house. And he also shows them a diary that states that the mantis was created when whoever wrote the diary made a fatal mistake in an experiment. 
if one of my experiments ever goes awry, I'll let the IRB, the Institutional Review Board, know right away, unless it results in a monster, and then I'll make my own Jurassic Park, but with cooler music. Velma points out to everyone that there's only one entry in this diary, and it's the one about the mantis. So maybe this dude was just like really into negative stuff and only wrote down bad things? I don't know. Professor Greer's theory is, the change affected his mind. Meanwhile, on that twisty-turny staircase, we see yet another suspicious man eavesdropping on them. Scooby manages to bring him out of hiding, and they both kind of slide down the stairs. And I'm pretty excited because I love when there's multiple suspects. He looks kind of like a 1950s newsman or a dude from a Park Avenue advertising agency. Scooby ends up kind of wrestling him to the ground, and he calls Scoob, You mutt! So I no longer like this dude. Professor Greer introduces the eavesdropper as Clive Dickerman, a real estate agent who wants to buy the garden from Professor Greer. Clive Dickerman tries to bargain with Greer a little bit, but Greer refuses to sell the gardens. Dickerman sort of indirectly threatens Professor Greer, and he leaves while laughing, like, really, really evilly. (laughs) But Professor Greer doesn't actually even own the property yet, so he can't sell it. Dickerman apparently just wants to tear down the gardens and make housing. Truthfully, that doesn't sound that bad. I mean, this huge old mansion is kind of cool, I guess, but if they could build housing for, like, low-income, medium-income families, you know, one of those mixed developments with some stores and stuff, it would probably do a lot for the town. Professor Greer suggests to the gang that they leave in the morning before anything bad happens to them. They have a meeting, and Fred and the girls decide to go ahead and explore the gardens anyway, instead of just going to bed in the mansion. Shaggy and Scooby are not big fans of this plan, so they put on adorable nightgowns and sleeping caps and are getting ready to get to bed when they realize, eek, this is kind of scary to be alone in the mansion. Maybe we should go searching too. But all of a sudden, the praying mantis appears. The praying mantis is at the door, but his arm seems to go through the wall. Or not his arm. I don't know. What do you call a bug's arm? Anyway, I think it's just an animation mistake and not evidence that he's a ghost praying mantis. But with this show, you never know. We get a chase scene with lots of arm waving and growling on the part of the mantis. And it's certain that these boys are doomed. But we'll find out after this commercial break. Hey Topher, I was doing an etymology search because, well, who needs a reason? Turns out watch comes from the proto-Germanic word watchen, meaning be awake. Interesting if true, Billy. So our podcast, We Watched a Thing, really just means we stayed awake for something. Uh, Yeah, or at least most of it. Well, having been awake is about all the credentials we can really lay claim to when it comes to talking about movies. Speak for yourself, I've got legit IMDB credit. Well, all the visual effects experience in the world doesn't change the fact that you found passengers so emotionally touching that you cried. Oh yeah, taste guidelines from the cameraman who likes Jedi more than Empire, really? Ewoks are the best. Are they? Yes. And if you, dear listener, feel there aren't enough semi-informed cinematic opinions in your life, then a weekly dose of We Watched a Thing is for you. We Watched a Thing. We stay awake in everything. Find us at wewatchedathing.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else good podcasts are found. We're back from the commercial, and we get more chasing. More arm waving, lots more growling. 
Scooby and Shaggy hide in a chest of drawers where the drawers are way too small for either of them to hide. So it's kind of cute. And then they escape through a wardrobe. You know, these old mansions and there are many hidey holes. Anyway, I think they went through Narnia on their way out. But somehow the chest of drawers and the wardrobe were attached. The praying mantis, though, catches up with them and they run away. Scooby hides behind a door as the mantis and Shaggy are outside the door. Scooby reaches around and accidentally grabs the mantis instead of Shaggy. Simple mistake. Then he grabs Shaggy and the mantis makes them fall down a trapdoor into some underbelly cavern filled with crocodiles and slime. You know, those caverns you have under mansions. Meanwhile, Velma, Daphne, and Fred have another look at the laboratory and the diary and find that there's no indication of whose diary it is. Then they find yet another eavesdropper. Seriously, ever heard of privacy people? And they discover Professor Greer's assistant, Eric Arby, named for the delicious roast beef. Now, Eric is a dorky yet kind of hunky dude with orange hair and a really high voice. He claims that he ran away when that mantis creature appeared, but then he came back to help. Velma notes that most of the equipment there isn't even plugged in or connected to anything. It's just kind of there for show. I've actually been in a lab like that before where we got some really fancy stuff that we weren't actually able to use, but it still looked impressive, so we kept it out. While they're in the lab, Scooby and Shaggy appear through a rotating wall, going around and around with a crocodile on the other side. Eventually, the crocodile gets trapped outside, and Shaggy and Scooby catch up with the rest of the gang inside. But oh no, the praying mantis growls again. We don't actually see it, we just hear the growl, and it frightens Eric away. Well, I guess we know at least it's not Eric. As the kids walk around, a sliding panel opens up, and the mantis kidnaps Daphne. Oh, Daphne. I love how Velma knows right away that it's the mantis that took her. She turns around, doesn't see Daphne, and just knows. No assuming that Daphne went to go pee or anything like that. Oh, and speaking of human functions, there's been no food in this episode yet. Kind of strange. So Fred, Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy all go to wake up Professor Greer and ask for help in finding Daphne. He agrees as soon as he changes his clothes. Hashtag priorities. Fred, Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy run out to the garden where they spot a moving light. Shaggy and Scooby catch each other by accident while trying to trap the praying mantis. But Fred and Velma nab Dickerman, you know, that 1950s looking real estate dude. There are some serious trust issues in this workplace, by the way. Fred and Velma begin to question Dickerman, but he escapes into a bush. Shaggy and Scooby try to get him, but instead they come up with a mantis, which soon traps them. And there's more chasing. They hide in a cabin and hear knocking from a closet inside. It's Daphne. I hope Daphne is seeing someone good about all of her kidnapping trauma. They run into Mr. Keeble again, and he warns the gang once more before leaving. We get it, dude. Yeah, you want him to leave. Velma says, there's something strange going on. Understatement much, Velma? They all go back into the mansion, and they find fresh footprints inside, and these footprints are all oily. And then Professor Greer appears and says he's sorry he's late, but he couldn't find his coat. Really? There was a missing child on your property, but you had to find your correct coat? While they're all talking, the mantis's silhouette appears outside the window. And we hear lots of growling, too. Professor Greer runs away, but they notice that as he runs, he leaves behind oily footprints. 
And then Velma gets suspicious and she says, no, no, let's not follow him. Let's collect more clues. Shaggy and Scooby somehow landed on a chandelier up high. I'm sorry I didn't catch that. I was busy writing notes and didn't go back to figure it out. Fred shouts to them to use Plan 46 as the praying mantis arrives and is stalking him and the girls. Shaggy has to look it up. He's holding a book and kind of sitting on air. Plan 46 for seven-foot insects. Apparently, this plan is for your doggo to use a saw to cut down a chandelier right on top of the insect and trap him without killing him. And it works. Before unmasking, they sort of take bets on who it is. Fred thinks it's Harry Keeble. It's not me, he says, as he crawls out of a grandfather clock where he was again hiding. Kind of weird. Daphne thinks it's Clive Dickerman, but then he climbs out of a hidden panel where he had been hiding. Then Shaggy says he thinks it's Eric Arby, but Eric comes in through a door. Velma knows it's her old friend, Professor Greer, even before she unmasks him, but her reasons are kind of dubious. Basically, she says it's because there's only one lab entry, and a serious scientist would make more than that. Okay, but wasn't he a serious scientist, so doesn't that point away from him? Also, the lab wasn't hooked up. And again, isn't that evidence against him being the villain? He's a scientist. He's got to publish lots of research if he wants tenure. Oh, by the way, if you want to learn more about writing up your research, I co-wrote a book called Practical Tips for Publishing Scholarly Articles. I'll try to remember to put my Amazon link in the show notes. It's a quick read and will help you get published. Velma's next clue was the oily footprints. I'm not convinced about this one either. Shaggy and Scooby were also walking around in oil when they were being chased by the crocodile. Maybe he was just out back feeding his croc. To me, it seems like he went overboard to convince them he was a bad scientist. All he had to do was scatter his field notes, leave his specimens out and all mingled, and say things like, correlation equals causation. It's really not tough to do. Oh, and that mantis that was outside while Professor Greer was in the room? Just a big old cutout, and the growls we heard were on tape. All right, tape, of course. Professor Greer did it because he found oil on the property, and he wanted to scare everyone away so he could buy the property before anyone else realized it. But this is also why Dickerman wanted to buy the garden so badly. It would have been way easy to just sell high to Dickerman instead of doing all these shenanigans, but whatever. Oh, and why did he kidnap a young woman? Hello? Anyone? Well, I guess poor Daphne was once again a leftover plot device. Anyway, I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. Please feel free to email me or get in touch on social media. We're at Meddling Kids Pod. And join our discussion group. It's moderated by the fabulous Tiff. And it's called the Meddling Kids Podcast and Scooby-Doo Discussion Group. Thanks so much to my kids and my amazing husband. And just remember, while you're applauding a kidnapping for no good reason, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids. <laughs>